So today we're going to talk about uncommon prayer, looking inward. Last week we spoke about uncommon prayer, looking up. That is uh, understanding and knowing who God is. Uh, the reason for this series here is to be able to discipline ourselves, to be able to to get ourselves in tune and get ready for this new season that God has come upon to us, that he's bringing forward to us and bringing this new season that's going to change the outcome of, of the rest of this year, many uh, beyond that. But I'm praying that everyone here, if uh, something will change in what's going on with, uh, within you, within your lives right now. So we have to understand who God is. That's what praying up is. That's what Pastor spoke about last week. We have to understand three things, three concepts about, about God. We learned that, well, we know that God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. We know God is omnipotent, that he's all-powerful, and he's omnibenevolent and supremely God. Supremely God. Summing it all up, God knows everything, has the power to do anything, and is perfectly good. God is holy of holies. So that's what we understand about who God is. So today I speak to you about looking inward during this time of prayer. The best way that I can sum this up for you guys is, I need you. You, you all need me. We are in a fight. We are in a fight. In this world, we will always be in a fight. We're going to have our own struggles. We're going to go through issues. We're going to go through rejection. We're going to go through even self-rejection sometimes. But I need you to be ready. Just as much as you need me to be ready. In order for us to be ready, we need to be in tune with God and find out what his will is for us. We can't go in this blind. Okay? I could, the best way to tell, tell you is as, as Marines, we have fire teams. Fire teams, right? Fire teams four people. In a fire team of four people, you have your man in front. You have men in the rear and you got your two wings. When we go to when we go into war, we're going to fight. We're going together. We're going to be tight. We're going to we're going to train together. We're going to sleep together. Not in that way, but we're going to we're going to try and be one one unit. One working unit knowing the ins and outs of each other. And that's what we need to do here. We're going to fall. Granted, when we've fallen before, but I'm going to trust in you to lift me up if I fall. And you should trust in me if you fall. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pull you and get you healed so that you get back into the fight. And that's where I need you. Okay? This isn't about three. Th I learned three things yesterday. We, uh, we had a meeting yesterday and Pastor explained. There's three things that's not in our vocabulary. Same thing goes for the Marine Corps. I, me, or mine. That's what it's all about. 
as Christians, as believers, as followers, this is what we need as a backbone of our faith, that we need each other, that we need to be, that we need to be together, that it's us that's the disciple. So looking in means that, looking in, what does that mean in prayer? That we know and acknowledge with God that we have a deep need for God. Excuse me, little cough today. We have to discipline ourselves to pray unto God because we need God. We cannot do this alone. Know that. You and I can help each other. Know that. But God is going to put openings into hard times of any situation that we face that we need. And why does he do that? Why does God want to pull us out of these situations? Because God wants us to stay stable. God wants us to keep moving forward. God wants us to pull through for him, for him alone, so that he can be glorified and no one gets left behind. That's another model of the Marine Corps. No one gets left behind. And that's the same, same thing we should, we should be in, embedding in our minds, that no one should be left behind during these times. It is through the discipline of prayer that we openly and honestly express to God what is really happening on the inside of our lives. Now this takes a lot of humility to acknowledge that we fall short. It takes a lot of courage, in fact, to go and pray that to God and say, We can corporately pray together, and we do, and we should continue to do so. But are we really being open and giving? I admit, no, I don't. I'm not open. I don't want to tell you about my struggles. I'm not going to tell this whole world about my struggles. I may have a few people that I speak to about my struggles, and I confess them to them. But I don't do it in front of an audience, in front of a, a, a congregation. But that's why Jesus said, and we're going to go into Matthew verse six, uh, chapter six, verse, where he says, "But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen." Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I just want to highlight that. Go into your room. Why is it that Jesus says to go into this room? Some people call it the closet of prayer. And I can tell you why he wants you to go into this room. Because he wants you to be open and vulnerable to use this room. God is making this room for you to be a safe haven, a safe place for you to be able to speak to him and tell him 
what's going on in your life. God already knows what's going on. Right? God already knows what's going on. But he wants to hear it from you. Uh, I have a small group. Um, we have a couple small group, and then we meet every other week, and then we hit, then we break off the next week, and then the men meet, the women meet. And one of the things we learned la- uh, yesterday was that we want to affirm our wives. Do our wi- do our wives know that we love them? I'm sure they do, but they want to hear it, right? But God's the same way. God knows where your heart's at, but he wants to hear it from you. Has anybody ever just thought about when you're having a problem, kind of talk it through, figure out what's the best plan of attack? You ever just sat there and just and understood, you know, like I've got the situation. I, I don't know what to do, but let me just uh, pin it out and figure it, let me plot it out, figure it out. Um, just let you guys know. Mr. Ray Crest today, we were having issues with his monitors for the last few weeks. I watched him. He sat there, and he plotted through it. He thought about it. He thought about it. Until he got to a point where he found it and realized that. But, but he was talking through the whole seven steps. And that's what God is speaking to us when we're in this pause of prayer, of this room of prayer. God is speaking to you when you, when, you, when you pray unto him and you tell him what's going on. Tell him what's really going on in your life. But let's, talk, let's go further into this, into this scripture. Let's just break it down. So it says here, when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray. say if you have time to pray. It doesn't say if you got a chance to pray. It says when you pray. What does that mean? It means that you're obligated to pray. Jesus told his disciples, and it's the same thing for us, we're obligated to pray. So there is no into your room, close the door, and pray to your father. Now, it doesn't really mean go into a, into a room. You can if you want to, but you've got to find a place where you're alone, where there's no distractions, where there's nothing there that can keep you apart from being in God's presence. Whether that's waking up at 5.30 in the morning and start doing your devotions, whether you take your, your lunch time, going to sleep at that point, or in the evening, you know, it's on the bus sometimes. I know the distractions are there, but when, when, when you're just alone, you have that time you can close the whole world off and forget about it. And then he says, 
Spirit's grace and mercy to those who know it, right? The door is central. It symbolizes your heart. It's exposing yourself to God and telling God the anguish that's been going through you, telling God even, even you know, the, the best things that have happened to you, you know, how much you're in love with your wife, how much you're, you know, in love with your children and or how grateful you are to him for, for pulling you through a, a, through a mess or how grateful you are that, that you know, he's given you this, uh, these blessings. That's, that's what God wants to know. It's a relationship that one has with one another. You know, imagine yourself that, you know, for those who are married, you wooed your wife. You wanted to get with her. So what did you do? You devoted yourself. You gave of yourself. You were vulnerable. You spoke to your wife and you said, you know, you're, it could bother you. You're, you're, you're talk, no secret. Your darkest secrets and all. But you wanted to have a relationship your wives and your husbands, you guys wanted to have this relationship. So you shared of yourself, you gave of yourself so that this person could get to know you even better, to understand you. That's the same thing God wants from us. He wants to understand. He knows us. We, we want to have this relationship with him so he can, he can understand and hear what his will is for us. heard my story. I went in this fast wanting to be, wanting God to salvage my marriage, reconcile my marriage. And I went in this fast the first couple of weeks and prayed, did everything. But it wasn't until almost midway through the fast in that, in that prayer room that God said to me, no, you're praying the wrong thing. You're asking me for the wrong thing. You want me to me to salvage your marriage, but yet you can't have a relationship with me? How, in my mind, how dare you? How dare you want to do that? You want me to bless you. You want me to give to you, but what are you giving to me? It's a relationship. God wants the best of us for us to give unto him. That's why God is going to be the priority for any relationship here or anywhere else. God will always be the priority. It's his mercy. Whether we choose it, it's a whole different story. But God can't bless us if we can't relate with him. He's not just going to hand you over. You know, here's the blessing, cool. But yet you in return give him nothing. It's not the way it works. It's just like in a relationship. You just can't expect your wife.
life all of a sudden, you know, give you the love you deserve, if you're not doing the things that you need to do to make sure that it's still true, there's a lot that still remains to be done. And it's like it's the same time for reflection that we need. So that's what God's asking us to have this relationship and to give us this relationship that is there and we can count on. The next part is then your father who sees what is done in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret. So unlike Satan, God's father is omnipresent. There's another word for it. This is what God's characteristics. God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. He's the only God that can be everywhere. Satan can't be everywhere. Satan doesn't have that power. Okay? Satan can't just uh, attack all of us. Now, he may have other spirits around him that do the work, but he's not as, he's not powerful. He's not as powerful as Satan. take God for granted, thinking that what he already knows is yours, but sometimes he does know what you need. But again, in a relationship, there has to be interaction. There has to be words spoken back and forth. It's not, it's not, you know, a dictation. It's not, you know, God, we got to have conversation with God. God wants to have this back and forth with one another so that we glorify him when we hear what his will is. The last part of this uh, of the scriptures is we will, re- will reward you. There is a great reward in merely knowing God and being allowed to come to him by faith. According to Jesus, he will add to, the, to that answer prayer and, re- and a reward with joy. There's a reward for think that uh, I go between Bible uh, types, different types of Bible as I was learning. But I like to go to the message. Okay? Translation. Thank you very much. And I like to go to the, the, the MS, uh, message. And I think the message kind of sums it up pretty good to understand what God's will was given to Saul. It says, Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his presence. God's listening to our prayers. exemplified for us how he went into these quiet rooms. Granted, don't get me wrong, we, we find in scripture that he decided them in the garden, he decided them out in the wilderness in the tombs. But let me take it in Matthew 26, 26 and 39. 
Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Right? He, was with his, he was with his disciples and he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he, he took Peter and his two sons of Zebedee, who are James and John, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Here we see Jesus in his sorrowful trouble. We, at this point, we see Jesus who is probably now more human than we ever thought he ever could be. He's having these feelings. So he left the disciples there, took a couple of disciples with him to go and pray. And then he said to them, verse 38, he became vulnerable, verse 40, and he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Lord is good. 
gracious and righteous, our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, lo, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to me. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Psalms 116, God is with us. God is near us wherever we are. For us to be in difficult. What's in front of you is difficult. It's not going to change you into permanent strength or power. It's what's going on in front of you. For we as followers have been instructed when we pray, we are to pray one of us has a different season that we're going through, but as a family, as us being a family, we're going to meet through this. We will be going to a new location called Lincoln. We will be going to Golden Hills Church in Hamilton. And right now we are in the process of unifying going to make us stronger in unification. But that's just where it's at. It's going to get stronger because we have a mission. And that mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. yourselves ready we're going to meet whether you answer the call or not it really isn't up to you that'll be up to that'll be you and in that room with God make conviction or don't show up and when that conviction does hit what are you going to do are you going to trust in the Lord history of myself, um, I studied in high school to become a priest. I spent two years in seminary. I had a call. But I let it fly by. I didn't take advantage of that call. I took advantage of myself. I miss. 
spent about a year and a half in church getting fed, getting fed, getting fed, getting fed. But I wasn't doing anything with that. It wasn't until I started having a relationship with some men that got me to start
last Wednesday we met at the new site. We had a great time of prayer. Thanksgiving was oh, it was a powerful word. Our brother Edgar. It was it motivated me so much because I know that where we're going in this new church, in this new family, where we're going, it's going to be wonderful. I, I, I feel it. I'm pumped for it. And I want you to be in that ride. It's just, I don't know what God has in store for us. But what I do know is that we're here to, we're here to do the work that no one else gets left behind. Ladies and gentlemen, it's imperative that you understand that no one get left behind. Pastor Danny and Dwight didn't leave me behind. They should have, but they didn't. They invested in me. The same goes for our, like our small groups. I'm sure there's people in small groups that you just want to rip your hair out. Don't. We still love you, regardless of the, of the mess that you're in. Regardless of you're not listening, paying attention, you're not taking advice. Regardless, we're going to love you. The same thing goes for taking this new family in. We're going to love them. And we're going to take them alongside with us. And we're going to pull together to glorify God. So just take this. Take this moment right now. This this, today's message is not about the people. Today's message is more about a motivation. That you've got what it takes to glorify God. You've got what it takes to advance the kingdom. You've got what it takes to come with alongside of us and pull and pull and pull. Will we get weary? Yes, we will. But we have more guys that can pull. We have more women that can pull. We have more family members that can pull. So don't think you're in this alone because you're not. You're not in this alone. We are all here together. And if you're hurting, we're struggling, let us know. Let us know. Some small groups have gotten together and helped one another out. That's what family is all about, helping one another out. Don't think that. We're here just to uh, partake in the word or, or, or have a great worship team. No. It's about developing a bond with family that knows that we're going to go through some mud, but we're going to pull through. Your call's out there. And everyone here has a leader. You have the potential of leading someone to Jesus.
Some of us in those days, if you're online, you're more than welcome to send us an email, a contact card. But you want to know more about sacred time and even more than one time. So this Wednesday, we have all church prayer again, and next Wednesday as well. I encourage you all to come out. We've had, I think we had over 20-something people on, on, on site at the church, which is great. I think we had about the same amount. nothing holding you back over other than yourself. I understand some of you may have jobs and I, and I totally understand all that. But when you see more numbers come in, it just goes to show that we're getting stronger and that we all believe in the same thing. We don't want the enemy to be left behind. So it's all about evangelism.